I am pretty inspired by uh, Mr. Lucifer, Morningstar. Been watching a lot of his work lately. So let's get to the spooky. Hello and welcome to Sweet Radu's Musically Inclined. So this is going to be one of our weird uh, episodes because this is the Halloween show. So we are doing something different. Like we discussed, we're going to do some sweet horror stories. We're going to talk about some horror-themed albums. And um, I haven't even decided if I'm going to talk about a horror movie, but probably. So that's what we're doing. Um, welcome to Halloween 2020, the most fucked up Halloween in a while. So anyway, um, this is the side of the ladder where we do some ghost stories. So we will have some guest stars and some listeners coming in to talk to us about their sweetest world of the unknown. Today, one of those people is the sweetest Elena. I have known this young lady for the past few years, and she's always supporting all the crazy shit that I do. She used to listen to the goddamn awful first few podcasts that I put out. Not that any of these are any better, but, you know, compared to those, this is um, Talk is Jericho. Um so I felt like, uh, for those, I felt like I was recording inside of a fucking trailer by myself. Some of those phone calls were offensive. I need to bring some of those kids back. Because, fuck. Anyway, how have you been, Miss E? Elena, how is the weather in Massachusetts? Uh, we picked a perfect day to record this because it is a miserable, dreary, rainy day here in western Massachusetts. Oh, um, no. Oh, so- yeah, I'm I'm sitting in a nice dark room with a hot cup of tea, thinking about fucking witches and vampires, and uh, couldn't be happier about that. Overall, <laughs> I'd say uh, I've been pretty good, been surviving, coping, adjusting, just doing my best to keep going. Um, everybody's having the same fucked up year, and everybody's experience has been a little bit different. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of having their own unique crises and existential meltdowns and stuff like that. So, you know, I've had quite a ride because we started the pandemic and I was like three months into my brand new job, which I was super excited to be in. And then got, you know, we got sent home from the office. My boss was like, take your laptop home because I don't think they're going to let us back next week. And I'm like, oh, so I was like, uh, you know, originally it was under the premise of, you know, cleaning the office. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I just kept getting calls that were like, we're going to keep you home another week. We're going to keep you home another week. And then our stores closed and everything just, you know, everything crashed. Uh, I feel like in the Northeast, um, I know it was like, what, Seattle and then the, like New York City and the Northeast kind of like 
That's where everything heated up first, back when all this fuckery started. And, I, you know, I live in Massachusetts, so um, things just started to spiral out. And then I got a call on April 1st that I was being furloughed, which was fucking devastating. Because, you know, I, nobody said, you know, you're not getting your job back. They just said, you know, we have no choice because of losses because the stores are closed. And, um, you know, I stayed working for two weeks after the stores closed, but eventually my work was going to dry up because I'm an operations assistant, retail operations assistant. So uh, I was like, OK, and it started out pretty rough. I was pretty scared and pretty anxious. And um, like, luckily, you know, signing up for unemployment was a breeze because Massachusetts kind of fast tracked that for everybody. So there wouldn't be a waiting period. But, you know, for three months, I was like, I don't know if I'm getting my job back. I don't know if I should start all over again. And, you know, in those three months, I just kind of dug in and did a lot of work and tried to do something decent with my time when I wasn't uh, having a disassociative mirror maze introspective nightmare. (laughs) 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 Clearly, I came out of it. Okay. You know, um, I, you know, did some work. I really, you know, I've always been a proponent for self-care, but I went a little deeper in with it. Uh, And then I went, came back to work on July 6th and it's been a fucking adventure ever since because now I'm working in retail operations for the first time in my life during an unprecedented time when nobody has a roadmap for what we're doing. (laughs) So I am uh, I am taking your podcast virginity. Yes, this is your first yep. one, or have you done one before? Because we had discussed this like two years ago, but we never really went through yeah. with it. Yeah, two. So two years ago, when I first moved out here, when I was in between jobs, I had all this time on my hands um, with uh, similar existential crises occurring, and so I tried to start <laughs> recording on on my own on Anchor, but I really didn't have a good form. I had all kinds of great ideas, and they kept growing as like as my social circle started growing out here, as I was having different cultural experiences I had, you know, Western mass, like I, I haven't found one yet, but Western Massachusetts like needs a podcast. We need a podcast for the queers. We need a podcast for like the radical sex worker movement. Um, there's just so many niche things happening that need their own podcast. So um, I still have the draft recorded for when I tried to like get one going, but I can't even bring myself to listen to it. So by all rights, <laughs> This is my podcast virginity being taken, you dirty, dirty dog. Yeah, dirty Sanchez strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what have you been listening to? Anything, anything new and uh, other than Cradle, which is not really new, but um, anything caught your attention? Did you hear the new Epica song that was just released two days ago? Yeah, uh, I actually turned on the video for it when I was working one day, and I really have nothing great to say about it so far because it just didn't do anything for me. But mm. I'm not letting that poison uh, <laughs> any potential opportunity to really love Omega, the new album that comes out in February, because um, typically I don't like to listen to a single when a new album comes out uh, because it really like creates a bias. It makes me think, oh, I'm not going to love this. And I just, I like to hear an album front to back in its entirety. That's just the way I, I like to listen to it. And I know that, you know, in the music business, we were all kind of conditioned, you know, oh my God, it's the new single. Um, and people are, you know, thirsty and hungry to hear something. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I really don't have a lot to say about it yet. Um, 
you know, I was watching a lot of behind the scenes of their recording sessions and a lot of the cool shit they were doing. And it made me really excited to hear it. So um, I'm just going to wait till February and not get too hung up on it. Uh, and then other than that, for what I've been listening to, obviously, uh, recently I did a deep dive back into Van Halen. <sighs> so, mm. yeah. Sad, sad time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, so I was born in 86. So, you know, growing up my formative years, I kind of had a chance to be exposed to stuff when it was like fresh and at its, at its, you know, hottest peak. That being said, I, I kind of grew up loving Van Halen. Um, as a little kid, you know, they were featured on the soundtrack of two of my all time favorite movies, which are Twister and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, I just was always like, oh my God, this is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. And then um, I have a half sister who's much older than me and she used to leave her shit around all the time. So I would find her cassettes and that's like how I first got exposed to shit like, you know, um, old school Metallica, uh, old school hair metal and um, like Van Halen one and two and stuff like that. So uh, always had mad love for them. And then because there's just so much happening out there. They're just one of those bands that I kind of got away from for a while because there's just so much to listen to and so much to get into. And then when podcasts, you know, started really becoming prominent, that took away from a lot of my musical listenings because I, there's so many special interest areas that podcasts fill for me, like true crime, the paranormal, psychology, um, you know, comedy. So, yeah. So recently, a lot of it <clears throat> music <clears throat> music <laughs> some podcasts specifically <laughs> well yeah i mean i fucking listen to your podcast every whenever the new episodes get dropped i always i now like faithfully listen to them on that day and uh it's been really great because the feel for it for me is what i get from some of my favorite podcasts that have an ensemble cast which is i feel like i'm in the room having a conversation with my friends yeah, so, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. I, I like that. I, I like that. That's one of the my my favorite um reviews of our podcast. They're like, you know, some I don't agree with everything that comes out of all your mouths, but it feels like I'm in the same room speaking with you, fuckers. So if anybody's like only listening to this episode because it's you know spooky stories and they're in the mood, uh, go back and listen to the entire body of work. Um, even this really shitty. Manuel recording by himself in a trailer through a tin can. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're like me, you're a completist. So I like to listen to every single episode of any podcast that I listen to. Um, but yeah, man, like, especially the last few episodes, like, dude, the fucking Tomb of the Mutilated episode, I was <laughs> fucking dying the whole time. I loved it so much. That was my favorite episode just because Anthony was so offended. Yeah. <laughs> so so amazing and my favorite thing is when paul was like well you know this song about yeah uh having sex with dead children is where my ex-girlfriend uh drew the line in the sand i was like wow imagine that just just how nonchalantly that he said that i was like okay wow what a what a bitch and you know people kind of clutching their pearls at phrases like i come blood and i'm like dude 
I come blood all the time. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> At least once a month. Yeah, happens. man. Tony did such a wonderful job with the Crimson Idol. So much passion behind that. And it was I just know. so convincing. And, um, you know, yeah. So, you know, the cool thing about podcasts is they'll be around. They're out there just ready to be clicked on. So people are in for a surprise when they finally stumble upon this or finally get around to listening to it. So when I started asking my friends and listeners to come in and share some stories with us, they, I said, you can, you know, just tell me a ghost story, a, a personal ghost story. You can tell me a creepypasta. You can find something online and just read it. It's just for fun. But you, you see to have some New England ghost stories to share with me, so I am excited. Oh boy! So, uh, born and raised in New England, uh, specifically Massachusetts. Um, so it's very old, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to just kind of naturally be exposed to a lot of um, areas and towns that just seem to have their own fucking level of shit going on. So uh, the first story I'm going to tell is the oldest one I have. Um, I had to kind of force myself to really remember the experience because uh, truthfully, I mean, honestly, um, all the stories I'm going to share, I have to kind of force myself into being there because they still kind of disturb me to this day, but that's the kind of fucking content we pay for. So you're going to get it. So, um, I can't wait to give you kids. I can't wait to give you kids nightmares. I hope you get legitimately creeped out. Um, so have fun with this. So my first story, I'm just going to call it the witch in the woods. Yeah. This goes back to when I was probably maybe 10 if not a little bit younger. Uh, So I grew up in a town called Duxbury, Massachusetts um, in Plymouth County. So I think it's like the first established county in the United States and New England or close to it. It's fucking, it's old. And so I grew up on a really idyllic kind of suburban cul-de-sac street that had, um, it was basically just, you know, a subdivision created in the middle of uh, deep dank woods And, um, this first experience actually occurred on Halloween, go figure. And I was, uh, just walking out of my house, which is the first house, um, on our side of the street at the start of the cul-de-sac and, um, was stepping out of the house to go meet my friends that live next to each other across the street so that we can do our trick-or-treating. And I happened to glance up and see uh, walking kind of with the woods as a backdrop between the two houses. Um, Essentially, I just saw a silhouette of a figure and it was really disturbing because of its shape and the way that it was moving. And um, the only way I've ever been able to properly describe it is that it looked like a hunchback that was skulking kind of hurriedly uh, in between the two houses. So I remember seeing it and thinking, 
that it was giving me a bad vibe. Like it felt malevolent and it felt evil. And of course it's Halloween night. Kids are out doing stuff, but this is at the start of the street. And I, um, actually, before we recorded, I reached out to an old friend from the neighborhood that was kind of like the neighborhood older kid. And, um, one of those houses he lived in and he was the older brother. And I I reached out to him and I said, Hey man, I'm going to ask you to dig into the archives of your memory for this one. Can, can you tell me if you remember playing any pranks on us, um, specifically on Halloween night or, uh, uh, there's this is two parts to the story, but like, or after Halloween night where you may have dressed up and been kind of running between the houses against the woods, um, deliberately trying to look scary. And he said, no, I'd totally fess up to that if I remembered it. And I said, oh, great. So I guess the woods really were haunted. So we used to go into the woods all the time by ourselves as kids do. Uh, and this is, you know, pre cell phone era. So just a different vibe and a different time. And those woods were deep and dark and dank and there was a lot of swamp and um there was a lot of giant boulders and uh like weird um almost stone structures and of course you know your uh obligatory storm drains that you could easily crawl into that were always deep and dark and dank um and I just always remember being like drawn to the woods, always love being out there or sometimes not. And sometimes being like, shit, uh, we might be a little bit lost. And then I'd like hear my mom's voice or something yell, you know, it's time to come in. Whatever that figure is that I saw, which I, again, can only describe as a hunchback fucking witch that was hurryingly kind of, you know, running behind the houses. You know, that's because I could only see her when she was running behind the houses. Um, that that image is seared into my mind that, you know, I, of course it's Halloween and I was honestly way too excited to really give a shit about anything else. So, um, but here's the thing. That's not the last time I fucking saw her. <laughs> so, so, so wait a second. So you, you think it's a witch? Why do you think it's a witch? Do you just because it was the woods or did you, did you have the witchy vibe from it? Well, it's the only way that I can describe what it was. It's just more of a vibe and based on kind of kind of implicit bias with my childhood, you know, vision. Because, you know, I was always into spooky shit, even at a very young age. My mom, you know, that says to this day, you'd be a little girl and we'd be in the grocery store back when they had a video store in the grocery store. And she said that I always used to run right to the horror section so I could look at the pictures. <laughs> As you should. Every, every kid should do that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, of course, grew up being like absolutely obsessed with the witches and Beetlejuice and eventually horror movies as I either was able to, you know, sneak a viewing or, um, you know, eventually became a latchkey kid and kind of could watch whatever I want. So now, now, now hear me out. Uh huh. You're in New England. Yep. Could it have been Pennywise? Okay, I'll take that as a fuck off and let me get to part two. So <laughs> go ahead. That the second occurrence happened, but um, we're on. So we're hanging out in the finished basement of my friend's house across the street. And this is the same side of the street where I saw the fucking witch creature. Um, their basement has a sliding door, sliding glass door that faces the woods. 
and we're down in the basement, we're hanging out, you know, probably playing board games or fucking pretend like this is pre-internet. So we were doing old school shit, you know, jacks or something. I don't even know. And uh, just happen to look up at the sliding door and she's fucking standing at the sliding door staring at us. Um, so you saw the face. Sort of. So, um, you know, there's lights on in the basement, but it's dark outside and um, it's not really casting a lot of light through the glass um, at the outside. But there was enough light that I could, again, make out the silhouette and about the size of it and enough to know that it was facing us, but really couldn't make out a lot of facial features. So, you know, everything's very dark and mostly silhouetted but I could feel the eyes and I could feel where they were, you know, on the face, um, staring at us. And I just remember going in my head, that's the same one I saw on Halloween. And, uh, my memory kind of cuts out from there. I'm assuming we all screamed for, um, their parents at my friend's house we were at, uh, and maybe ran upstairs. So, uh, that's the witch in the woods for you. It's all, it'll always stay with me. Can't say a hundred percent sure what it was. Um, or why questions. (laughs) I I got questions. Of course, you know, I'm not going to let you go like that. What, what is, uh, what was she wearing? Like the second time? I know the first time you said she had like a humpy thing and whatnot, but what was she wearing the second time? If I were to guess, um, it's kind of what you would expect from a fucking swamp witch. Everything was kind of shrouds, very dark, some sort of a long shrouded, very tattered in layers kind of, you know, um, frock. And what I assumed was a hooded cloak. Very nice. Now, now hear me out. Part yep. two. Uh-huh. Could it have been the bell witch? Driven all the way from Tennessee to your house just to say, hey. So, you know, in terms of uh, descriptions of an entity like the Bell Witch, you know, you could easily say that it kind of fits that description. It felt very dark. It felt very dirty. It felt very misshapen, almost bulbous. Um but I can tell you, man, you know, I'm fucking 34 and the, the memory of, of just the feeling that came off of it is still to this day what I would describe as it felt evil and it felt malevolent. So nice. Nice. Been um, my energy ever since. <laughs> so does any does anybody else remember, especially from the second time when you guys were all at the um, in the basement? Did anybody recalls that story have you been able to like relive it again i honestly should have reached out to those other kids because i only reached out to um their neighbor that lives next door to them the older brother it used to be um us three kids that were the same age me sean and brendan and uh i I just haven't talked to them in so long and you know of course one of them's like married with mad kids now and um shit i actually think they're both married with kids now (laughs) fucking suckers so (laughs) (laughs) so um uh i honestly we could revisit this if i uh 
if I reach out to them and hear back from them and be like, Hey guys, this is going to sound crazy, but you know, I was recording a podcast with my friend. I want to know if you guys remember this at all and see what they have to say. Cause I'd be curious if by chance I somehow am the only one that remembered this. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know enough about how the brain kind of creates memories for psychological purposes. And I can confirm that, um, both of these experiences happen before any kind of, um, notable childhood trauma occurred, which plenty did later on down the line. Uh, this was still like when everything was fairly innocent and idyllic and, you know, um, some of those kind of iconic, perfect childhood memories when, you know, Christmas still felt good and every Halloween felt like incredibly magical and the most exciting, important night of the year. So uh, it's still it still is that way in, in in Radu's house. Every every Halloween is magical and it's the most beautiful time of the year. I've been trying to keep that energy ever since. That's right. It's the best time. It's the most wonderful time. And we're recording yeah. this on the October sixteenth. We've got That's fifteen right. days to go till the big day. That's this right. will be my Halloween in Western Massachusetts, um, which is possibly one of the most perfect places for fall uh you know the berkshires are just a hop skip and a jump down the road where i can you know just have incredible views and actually live near the base of mount tom so there's just beautiful views when i'm not absolutely glued to my work laptop uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just in you know being a dreary rainy day i mean it feels like october to me it feels perfect and um million miles away from where I saw the creature. I haven't revisited <laughs> old street in a really long time, but, uh, I, I hope she's doing well. And, um, by <laughs> is not a child, I hope she's eating a couple of children and she's happy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, those woods have probably been developed by now, unfortunately, but I'm telling you, man, those were great woods. They were like, full of skunk cabbage that we used to kick open just to smell its awfulness. And, you know, again, with the weird giant boulders and, and stone structures and, um, like mysterious piles of, uh, rock place was great. Hey, since it's Halloween and we are uh, talking about witches and horror movies, I got a recommendation for you and everybody else out there. Usually not the type of movie that I recommend because I prefer my movies to be more horror and less, you know, there's like, I like the witch, even though the witch is more drama and etc. But I like my movies to be more in the nose. This is a horror movie. It feels like a horror movie, etc. There's a movie on Netflix about a witch called Hagazusa, a heathen's curse. And it is a German film and it is on prime. So you can watch it for free if you got prime and it is fucking fantastic. Elaine came by as I was watching it and she usually runs away when I'm watching one of my movies because they're pretty on, like I said, on the nose, terrible three steps above porn acting. Um, And this was beautifully shot, very well, like, and, and it had its, its moments that you were like, no, fuck no. So, highly recommend it. All right, maybe I'll do that tonight. Maybe you it's will love it. You be about are going to. 
Yes, you will send me a text message saying "fuck you" for recommending this shit because it's it's strong. There's a lot. It, it's a strong movie. It has a lot of stuff happening that you're like, "what the fuck?" But it's good. It's really good. All right, I'm taking that recommendation to heart. Boots and pants cast. <laughs> 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 so you have another story for me? I do. Are you ready for another nightmare? If that I am one ready. I, I just wiped my butt. So make me shit again. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> um, all right. So this is um, an experience, again, that has um, always sat with me as unsettling and um, unfortunately unable to explain. Um, a truly unexplainable experience. And uh, I can confirm that it happened and that it wasn't some sort of glitch in my brain because it happened to two people at the same time. So I'm, I don't know what else to call this. I'm just going to call it sleep paralysis demon scene by two. So flash forward, I'm an adult. I'm like maybe 20. Um, living with my uh, boyfriend at the time, not even going to say his name. Uh, probably one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. A truly horrible cunt. But at the time, I, you know, was totally in love with him. You know, it was my first, you know, real boyfriend. We were living together. And uh, I believe his first name was shit. Um, last name it was shit M. Stain, I believe. Uh, Conti McCuntface McGee the third. Oh, that one. Okay. Conti McFace. Okay, cool. Yes, I remember. I, I try to be um, an, as a, exalted, positive energy person as I can, but I really don't have anything good to say about this person. <laughs> Hey, I think the word cunt is beautiful. So it just really saying. is. It's I love it. Um, yeah, a, a truly horrible cunt. So I'm glad that he had this fucking horrible, terrifying experience with me. Uh, so basically, it goes like this: um, we were laying in bed, uh, side by side, both face up. A little weird. And uh, I think we fell asleep watching TV, and I remember my eyes opening up i was just awoken middle of the night no sound or anything and stared directly into um a small closet in the corner of the bedroom which uh didn't have a door and uh just staring into it and feeling like i'm being magnetically drawn to just keep staring at it until i realize that something is in the closet staring back and um it was at best a shadow figure um no notable features except that it felt quite tall and completely black no eyes no face just clearly a shadow figure or, you know, maybe a full bodied figure in this closet staring at us and um, couldn't move, which I know this sounds like sleep paralysis so far, uh, but I've never experienced sleep paralysis um, before, during, you know, before or after this. And I can, you know, so I'm not saying that this, that's absolutely what this was because it was a parallel experience for both of us. So, um, that's kind of a blackout. Like, that's all I remember from that particular moment. Uh, couldn't, you know, I couldn't move. I don't remember like waking him up. I don't, I was not aware at the time that he was having the same experience I was, but basically what happened was 
uh, like a day later, um, we were sitting in the living room downstairs of the house talking to each other. And I just kind of snapped out of whatever thought process I was in. And I looked at him and I said, Hey, do you remember something happening the other night where there was something in the closet? And he looked at me and his face changed and he got like instantly really upset and emotional and fucking terrified. And I said, holy shit, you do. And we both just started crying because we realized that we both had this terrifying experience that we're just now remembering together at the same time. And we just started postulating. We were like, okay, um, you know, what was your experience like? What do you remember? Do you remember not being able to move? All of that. Everything checked out. Completely parallel experiences. And so we started trying to deduce, you know, um, trying to rule stuff out. We were like, okay, because he had two younger brothers. So he grabs them both up and he starts interrogating them. He's like, dude, this isn't a fucking joke. We're really fucking freaked out. Were you in the closet the other night fucking with us? And um, because he was a horrible cunt, I'm pretty sure he kind of beat both of them a little bit, you know, to try to get a confession out of them. They're like, dude, it wasn't me. And he even made them go and stand in the closet. We turned all the lights off and the sizes of them just didn't check out with what we saw. Uh, so we ruled them out and then we were like, okay, what about like, you know, one crazy ex-boyfriend I had at the time, um, you know, could it have been him? And I'm like, no, dude, he's too, he was like, that particular individual is like six, three and, you know, probably over 200 something pounds. I'm like, he's too big to stand in that closet. Cause you, he would have been like sticking out of it. You know, it wasn't a very large closet. It was a single door closet. Um, There's always that whole, you know, breaking and entering thing in right. the middle so, of the night. Okay, but why would somebody break in and enter into our bedroom just to stand in the closet and fucking stare at us? And that doesn't explain the weird effect that was on both of us, which was, you know, um, paralysis, uh, the kind of like magnetization. And so we were like, uh, uh, aliens? Because <laughs> uh, that particular town um, that he, we were living in together, had its own ecosystem of folklore and urban legend, and you know, plenty of weird shit had been reported at all different parts of the town. Another old part of New England, and I'm like, okay, but aliens are supposed to be way fucking smarter than us. Like, why would it just be standing in the closet with our dumb asses? You know, like they're studying you. They've never seen a cunt so close a woman. <laughs> it was it was an experiment. It was like a huge cunt, and then you were just laying there. It was like, wow. Oh. Yeah, all of like 20 years old. He was probably like, oh, ch chicks really do be getting with dudes that know that chick's out of their league. This is interesting. Let's study this. <laughs> you went there. They didn't take him away and, and probe his ass, you know? Um, <laughs> So, hey, man, that's like all that's that was that was it for, you know, um, theories that we had, you know, we um, talked to everybody that lived in the house and we were like, there may or may not have been somebody in our bedroom the other night just fucking staring at us. And uh, can everybody please make sure they try to lock the doors? And um, I'll just never forget how upsetting it was when when I kind of snapped out of the thought process I was in and, and just, it, it just like the memory came back to me. 
and I said to him, you know, hey, do you remember this? And I'll never forget how visibly shaken and upset he was because I think we both knew that whatever it was wasn't natural. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the emotional, visceral response is kind of unexplained. Like, why were we so upset? Why were we so shaken? You know, um, that fucking thing. I, I'll never forget that experience because I can't explain it. And, you know, haven't been worried about it happening to me ever again. I, I feel kind of confident in saying that it was a one-off. Watch me get fucking fucked with tonight. tonight. Yeah, yeah, tonight. Sweet. I, I have a bedroom with a narrow closet with no door, but it's so I've been, cold. I've been to that house. That house is creepy as fuck. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, side note, for the last two years, I've been living in an old Victorian in western Massachusetts that has the creepiest attic and the creepiest basement and the creepiest carriage house with the creepiest loft. And um, since I've lived here, uh, I have experienced... Um, a lot of whooshing movements out of the corner of my eye, disembodied yeah. voices. The uh, worst staircase coming down. Wild, like but... the worst. And then your your landlord slash sister is like the nicest human being in the world. And you're like, oh, she's probably a serial killer because she's too nice. She speaks so low. She's like, oh, well, everything we're doing is going to be. And I'm like, hi, I am. I am Radu. Nice to meet you. And she's like, I was like, well, I guess I got to lower my voice because she's going to murder me. You know, man, she's got another side to her. She just saves the loudness and profanity for when it really counts because um, I've seen her go the fuck off a couple times and it's it's actually pretty scary. Yeah, that's right. Before she stabs the guy. (laughs) Before she buries him. (laughs) She is a very soft-spoken, very kind of reserved, measured woman. But she has so much power in her. Um, she's also a horse person. And uh, for such a tiny human, she has a gigantic thoroughbred named Duke. And if you see them next to each other, the juxtaposition is hilarious because she talks about him like he's a baby puppy. And um, cares for him because he is her baby. And uh, he could crush her. So, serious question. When um, when she feeds the people she kills to the horses, does she dip them in sardine oil also? Or is that no. just her tiger? So she does meal prep for the horse where she blends together all different supplements and um, special hay and stuff like that that she brings to him every week. So I believe okay. that she takes their ground up uh, human meat and mixes and it with special supplements and cool. maybe a slice of apple every now and then. Got it, got it. Does she put the apple in the human before she grinds him, or the apple is separate? So I I buy a lot of apples, and I'm kind of weird about my food. And once I've had it for too long, I don't want to eat it. So I give her all my old apples and say, here, this is for the baby. And um, she pre-slices them, which is funny because okay. I've never seen somebody pre-slice an apple to give to her. So maybe she's pre-slicing them because she is putting them in, in the, the butthole. In the butthole. It's stuffing. in the butthole. Yep, stuffing the butthole. Stuff in the butthole. Like the a apple. sweet piggy. Yeah, because the horse would eat the ass first, right? It's like what animals do. They I don't drink. know. You just you just call yourself out. You were there. So when the the FBI shows up at your house, you'll be like, All I know is they get eaten ass first. 
<laughs> Shouldn't we all be so lucky? <laughs> yes, we can all try. <laughs> we can all try. Sometimes, you know, you're just like, oh, no, the flavorful liquid just went into my butt. How are you going to remove it, babe? And she's like, with a paper. God damn it. So this is not the last time we'll be having a chat, you and I, for this season. Because just like sex, right when you lose your virginity, you just want more and more and more. So we're going to be chatting about Cradle of Filth. And what album did you choose, young lady? Oh, my Lanta. We are going to talk about Cruelty and the Beast. I can't (laughs) wait. <laughs> so that's exciting. And if you hadn't chosen Cradle, I was still gonna contact you to to come in and do typo because I felt like bloody kisses should be discussed during the Halloween season. But I'm gonna see if I can plan out next Halloween to see if I can do the whole because Anthony I, I convinced Anthony to do the whole typo discography and Paul was like, Let's do Carnivore too. So Maybe we can do that for the Halloween season and do some Sam Hain and and whatnot. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. A year from today, nothing will be the same. That's usually how it is. Fantastic. All right. Well, then we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining Sweet Red Ooze, musically inclined for uh, our sweet Halloween shows. Wash your hands. Wear your fucking mask. Take care. Happy Halloween. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Hey guys, so I usually don't do this, but today I'm just going to put here at the end of the episode our opening track for our previous album called Obscure. I'll probably put a couple songs, but I'm going to put them at the end so you can listen to the whole podcast. You don't have to listen to the actual song, but if you may, you may listen. Anyway, this one's called I Dreamed of the Crows.